Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Bush Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Angel Sanchez shares how lucky he felt on a long walk on the way home after midnight. I, um, I cook for a living. I, um, I cook in restaurants and bars, and a lot of times, you know, getting out of late at nights at work, bar closes at 2, I don't get out of work till 3, you know, I'm usually getting home late. So one night I was walking home, you know, late at night, it's about three o'clock in the morning, and where I worked at the time, I was maybe about 25 minutes away from my house. So I'm walking home, I've got my headphones in, I'm jamming. I like to listen to the song, Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. That's like my, that's like my don't stop me now, having such a good time, having a ball. That's how I like to walk home, it gets me home pretty fast. So I'm walking home, I'm jamming, I'm off the next day, it's going to be a great time, and I see a cop car drive by me. He drives by me uh, to the end of the street, to the, to, the, to the light, which would be the light I would turn to my house, about 10 minutes by walking away from me. And he drives down the street, then he makes a U-turn and goes past me. Now, I see him go past me, I don't really think too much of it, but I do take out one headphone just in case, and for a little background, why I would do such a thing. So, um, I, don't, I can't, obviously can't speak for all black people. Uh, they didn't assign me to come here and talk to you guys like that. I, not a representation. I do get the newsletter, though. Um, but as little kids, like, I don't think most of our parents don't tell us, you know, you got to watch out for the cops and the man. They, most of us, as little kids, they tell us, you know, the cops, they're there to protect everyone, and they're the good guys, and there's, you know, you see a cop, you know, you should listen to a cop, you should always obey them. But um, as you get older, the message kind of changes. Like, so my dad is 80 years old, and he was, he's from New Bern, North Carolina, and he, like, dealt with, like, real, like, serious, like, racist stuff. Like, you used to see, like, those videos of, like, people getting sprayed with hoses? That was my dad, that was actually my father. Not really, but he is that old. <laughs> Y'all really believe that? Jeez, Y'all are easy. But um, so he would tell me when I would get ready to go out, you know, be careful. And he wasn't ever telling me to be careful to watch out because I might get robbed or I might get jumped or stuff like that. He was, you know, telling me, you know, you're going out, you're in Virginia Beach, there's a whole lot of white people, you're going to be one of the few black kids. Be careful, because if the cops show up, you never know, you know. And he didn't tell me like to be disrespectful. He just always told me to watch myself. So when the cop drove by me, I take out one headphone. I kind of tighten up, which is weird because I've done nothing wrong. And I say to myself, if this cop makes another U-turn, he's going to stop me. He's going to pull me over. And sure enough, he makes the U-turn not too far away from me, comes up, drives his car, turns on his lights and siren, and pulls up onto the curb. I'm not in the street, I'm on the side where he pulls up onto the curb. He rolls down his window, well obviously I stopped, I'm not gonna run, I'm not stupid. Um, he rolls down his window, he asks me, um, what are you doing out here? And uh, I tell him I just got off of work, I'm walking home, you know, just, he was like, it's pretty late. I'm like, yeah, no, um, you know, I, I work in a restaurant, late nights, you know how it is. And uh, then he asked me, where are you going? And I tell him, well, I live about 10 minutes away right here, right down the street. So I'm, you know, I'm going home, right to my house. 
He tells me, well, I'm going to need to see some ID. Now, obviously, you need to see some ID. What do you mean to see some ID? That's completely unconstitutional. Shouldn't be able to just be able to ask someone for ID for no reason at all. But because of how the world is and what I've learned and experienced and the voice of my father in the back of my head, I decided to let him go ahead and do it. He's like, oh, I have to, um, hold on, I have to call for backup. Now, Virginia Beach, they don't have, cops don't drive around and, uh, as partners. There's just one cop per car. So that's whenever you see someone get pulled over in Virginia Beach, there's like 18 cop cars out there. <laughs> Makes you think like it was a goddamn drug bust, but it was just a taillight out. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so he calls for backup, and this other cop car is there in like three seconds because it's 3 o'clock in the morning in the suburbs of Virginia Beach. Ain't shit going on. <laughs> just stopping black guys. So he pulls up. <laughs> he pulls up. Uh, his partner gets there. He gets out of the car and he has his hand on his gun. Yeah, no, seriously. So he has his hand on his gun. He comes up over to me. He's like, I want you to get me your ID, but I want you to tell me where it is and show me slowly. So, you know, I'm just trying, at this point, I'm just trying to get home. I don't want any problems. It's, you know, I don't want anything to happen to me, so I'm just telling him. So I tell him it's in my back pocket, in my wallet, and I turn around and I show him and I reach very slowly and I pull it out of my pocket and I hand it to him. He uh, takes my ID, he looks it over, he asks me, do you have any warrants? Are you on parole? Do you have any child support payments, anything like that? And, uh... <laughs> Part, there's a part of me that wants to be like, no, fuck you, man. Like, this is not right. But I'm just trying to get home. It just, I just want to go home at this point in time. So I tell him, nope, I've got nothing. So he takes my ID. He walks closer over to the cop car, and he gets onto the radio, and he reads my information through, and I can hear the dispatch because his radio is real loud. And the dispatch is like, uh, nope, clear, nothing. The cop's like, check again. Are you sure? And the dispatch, once again, you know, uh, nothing. And he says, uh, are you sure? This big nigger is suspicious. Um, he, and he didn't try to hide the N-word. He said it hard, loud, hard R. It wasn't any soft A about it. And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm furious. I'm hurt. I'm angry. But kind of feel like this is what comes with the territory, which is sad that I feel like, well, this is just, you know, what happens. And so he, after he says that, read through, you know, to come back and say there's nothing on him. And, you know, I'm almost as a smart ass. I do comedy, so as my way with dealing things, I try to make a joke. So I'm like, hey, man, I don't even have a car. I couldn't have any tickets. How, that makes no sense. He doesn't laugh at it at all. Um, he comes back over to me. He hands me back my ID. He's like, well, you have two choices. Either you can let me pat you down and you can be on your way, or you can refuse that and I can take you in and charge you with re resisting an officer's command. Once again, I'm just... <laughs> I'm, you know when you have like those kind of out-of-body experiences and you just kind of look down and I could sort of like out, out of my body, I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, 
I've done nothing wrong, and this cop has just made it his mind. In his mind, I am the worst of the worst. And that's another thing my dad told me. He's like, when, because he was a, my dad was an EMT in New York for a while, so he worked a lot with cops. And he was like, the thing about cops is that they see the worst of humanity. Unfortunately, like, doctors get to see people when they're vulnerable, medical professionals, they see people when they're vulnerable and they want to help. And firefighters, when people see firefighters, they're happy, you're here to save my shit because people care about their shit, cops unfortunately see the worst of humanity. And that can totally skew people, whether they're racist or not. It can skew how they view things. So once again, I'm just trying to go home. So I said, go ahead and pat me down. He tells me, he motions over to his partner. His partner gets out. His partner also has his hand on his gun. He tells me to get down to my knees and put my hands behind my back. And he asked me, do you have any drugs? Do you have any drug paraphernalia? He's like reading through a list of drugs. Some drugs I've never even heard of. He was asking me if I had. And I'm like, nope, I have none of that stuff. None of that at all. He's patting me down, patting me down. And once again, I, <laughs> I just want to go home. He passed me down. He realizes that I've got nothing on me. He's like, all right, get up. He's like, you can go. And don't let me catch you out here for the rest of the night. <laughs> once again... I want to say something, and I kind of feel like a coward. You feel powerless. You know, you feel like someone has taken something from you, and you don't know how to get it back. And part of me wants to be like, you know, like, want to fight back. But it's me against two of them, 3 o'clock in the morning in Virginia Beach. It's a Saturday. My ass is going to be in jail for a while, or who knows what could happen, you know? So I go on my way, and as, I, as I'm walking away, I hear him say, Maybe we should follow him. He really looks suspicious. I could swear I've seen him out here. So I walk home. I, I'm just blanking ahead. I don't think of anything. And uh, a couple weeks later, I'm in uh, Farm Fresh. And I look behind me, and he's there, two people behind me, with two children. And I'm going to say it's his kids. And I get really sad because I think, you know, hate is one of those things that's it's it's learned, you know. It's it's ingrained, you know. It's people people aren't born with hate. That's something that they get from someone else. And his child, he had a son. He had a son and a daughter. And I felt sad that you know his kids may grow up under that. They weren't hateful, but because of him, there's a good chance they might be. And also the fact that you know cops tend to have kids that become cops. His dad was probably a cop. and His dad's dad was probably a cop. His son is probably going to be a cop. And I want to have kids one day. And if I have a son, he'll be a big black kid just like me. And, you know, what if his son, because of the way his dad is, sees my son, and what if my son's not as docile as I am? I'm really chill. What if my son is fiery? You never know what could happen. And, uh, leave you guys with this, I never told my parents. I, uh, I, I never told them this story because I, you know, I still make that same walk from time to time and I just don't want them to worry about me. I don't want them to, you know, think, you know, because the, the Mike Browns and the Philando Castiles and the Sandra Blands, that could have been me. So I'm lucky that wasn't me, but I'm completely unlucky to have to go through that situation. And I would like to think that wouldn't happen in the future, but there's a good chance I'm going to have to have the same talk with my kids.
And that's really sad and unlucky. All right. If you'd like to come out and tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org. We will find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and more Storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.